Good morning, friends. This is Michael from Hannigan Media, and I'm in the office of Henderson County Sheriff Bodie Hillhouse. Good morning, Sheriff. How Good you morning. Doing? How you doing? I am outstanding. Hey, two more days till Christmas. Yes, it's, it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> I know. I know. It's. I, I can't wait till the end of 2020, but at the same time, I didn't think 2020 was ever going to end. Right. Yes, sir. Um, all right, so what we're going to do today, this is going to be our last podcast of 2020. Um, and so what we want to do is we're going to do a top five stories from the sheriff's office in 2020. Um, but before we get to that, let's do this. Let's check last week's stats because that's how we always start. Yes, sir. Uh, it was another busy week uh, since we met last week. They booked in 72 individuals. 22 females, 50 males. Our average is still climbing this year. Uh, it's 377. Today we've got 444 in custody and 161 of those are out of county inmates. So it's really interesting. It's almost like sports when we listen to the stats or whatever. We go, okay, those are the numbers. But um, I think two, couple, two of the top stories of the year are like hidden inside in those, those stats. Yes, sir. Um, so let's do this. Let's get to the top stories. And I think we both agree that the number one most important story out of the sheriff's office this year is the new communication system. Yes, uh, we're very, very excited. Um, they say that it'll be, uh, we're on task to do it uh, at the very first of 2021 and be able to go live. Um, we were successful. I mean, it's a very big project. It's a $4.5 million project. When we turn it on, it'll be paid for completely. Um, and then I know you talked to Judge McKinney, and we were lucky enough to get a grant for $500,000, and that's going to build us a, a fifth tower. Right now it's uh, set on a four-tower system. So the fifth tower will complete our ring and get us redundancy. So if we lose a tower, we won't lose any service. We'll continue to uh, uh, work as normal. Law enforcement, first responders, everybody will be able to communicate via radio, uh, portable radio, and which we haven't had in my career. And uh, since so I've been here 23 years, so. Uh, we're really looking forward to this. It's a, it's a, it was a major task. It was a big high dollar project, but it's gonna, number one, it's gonna save lives. It's gonna save citizens' lives. It's gonna save, uh, first responders' lives. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's just, it's a great thing that everybody here and every, every first responder I know of is really looking forward to this. So this is something I know that when you took office four years ago, like this was the very first thing when your list just about you started jumping on this and talking about this. So this is this is basically something that's taken your entire first term to to bring to fruition because it was a huge project. Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> I got swore in on June first of twenty sixteen, and in July I had already started meeting with. Um, different uh, communications companies and started looking at it and I knew we wanted to do it but uh, number one I was going to have you know the commissioners were going to have to approve it and it was going to have to take a lot of research when it when you're talking about four million dollars and when we started this project the initial number was eight million so uh, you know 
we had to do a lot of homework and a lot of research to make sure we're getting what we needed and uh, we're, we're going to truly be blessed with this new system. So we talk about, and we're doing, obviously we're here, this is the Sheriff's Podcast, this is the top story of the year for the Sheriff's Office. Um, the top story of the year, not COVID related. Right, <laughs> right. For the sheriff's office, I would almost argue that this is the top story of the year for the whole county. Yes, I, I honestly would think so too, and I and I think uh, if you spoke to Judge McKinney, he would probably feel the same way. Now, this is, in fact, uh, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, the uh, commissioner's court applied for a grant that they believe that they're going to get. That's actually going to help put a compliant with the new communication system, compliant radios in the vehicles of the volunteer fire departments around the county. And it's just that start to make sure that everybody comes in on this system. I know the old system's going to stay in in operation for a little bit. Yes, we're going to try to keep it up for two years. Um, and who knows, it may, it may be online longer than that. We just don't want to sink a whole lot of money into it. Sure, and that's going to give you that time to transfer so that we can get all these other smaller agencies. But the goal is everybody in the county is going to be on this communication yes. system. Uh, and because it's digital, there's so much more capability and so much more reach that uh, it's, um, it's like upgrading from a 12-inch black and white to one of them big plasma screens on yes, the wall. Yes, it is. It is. And uh, like I say, we're really, really excited. We were able to, the county was able to also, we've already bought uh, digital pagers for the fire departments to right, be able yeah. to communicate. Uh, so they'll be able to receive their calls. They were worried about that. Uh, and then with the county working with a company trying to uh, get them mobiles and portables in their vehicle, in their apparatuses too, uh, the county's really stepped out there and went above and beyond, I feel like, and trying to take care of everybody. And taking care of these first responders is going to ultimately take care of the citizens. All right, top story of the year, the new communication system. Uh I think that the contract and everything doesn't call for it to have to be turned on until like into March. Right. The entire time the process has been a little ahead of schedule, which is another really great thing. Uh, and you said it in the, in the, uh, while you were describing the system, but I want to just highlight again, it's an expensive system, but when it gets turned on, it's paid for. It's paid for. And I wanted one more thing that, uh, I don't think we've ever talked about, Mike. Uh, the uh, 911 board just approved us last week for a $50,000 upgrade paid by 911, the 911 uh, district here in Henderson County. So dispatch is actually going to get a new remodel, and every, there'll be four stations. They'll all be electric stations to where the uh, desk will raise electrically, lower electrically. They'll be heated and cooled to different temperatures uh, just to make that in dispatch, like I've said many, many times, is probably the most stressful job here at the sheriff's office. And we're doing everything we can to make their job a little easier, too. So we're upgrading the technology in there, and it'll be a state-of-the-art dispatch also. Uh, and it should be here by March also. So hopefully when we upgrade it, what we're thinking, what uh, working with the court, we're thinking is just when we turn it on, 
we got 50 years out of this last system, let's get another 50 and not worry about it anymore. So this is very cool then with that grant from the 911 board. Yes. That'll allow the, the, the room that you guys actually work out of. And you do dispatch for all but about two of the police stations, the police departments yes. in the county, right? We dispatch for 15 municipalities, uh, the highway patrol, and uh, 22 fire departments. Right. So um, major, major operation in there in your dispatch. And so it sound, So the, the infrastructure around the new communication system is going to get an upgrade for you guys. Yes, sir. That's amazing. That's awesome. I mean, yes. they, they gotta be, they've got to be really uh, happy. We've talked many times before about how important the dispatchers are and, and even highlighted uh, times when the dispatcher was able to make the difference. They caught the bad guy in the middle of the crime. Yes. So, uh, great news. Number one, story number one, the new communication system. Story number two, now this is interesting because, you know, I think people are used to, I mean, everybody yells about government because all government does is spend money. I mean, our top story was just about spending yes, sir. A, a good deal of money on a new communication system. But story number two is about just the opposite. It's about bringing money into the, to the county. Um, I remember when, the, when uh, then County Judge David Holstein and the commissioners were going around the county trying to um, get people to vote for the bond for the new jail. Yes. They said, time is going to come where we're going to have out-of-county inmates in here that is going to help pay for stuff. That day has come. It has. It has. We've been really blessed again and, and worked really hard. We've got some new contracts uh, that have came through. And like I said earlier in the stats, you know, we've got 161 out-of-county inmates right now. And we're contracting uh, with, just this year we've contracted with Wood County, we contract with Van Zandt, Rockwall, um, Freestone, Orange County, uh, Immigration Customs and Enforcement, and now the U.S. Marshals. And uh, on an average, uh, if you just average it out, because some of them pay a little more or a little less than others, but if you just average it out at $40 a day, uh, we're going to end up making about $1.2 million this year housing out-of-county inmates. Um, and that that money's going directly back into, doesn't come to the sheriff's office to be spent, it goes directly back into the general fund. $1.2 million going back in, uh, and that's that helps local taxpayers yes. because that's money that taxpayers don't have to raise. Um and the big thing there is, and the reason it's a top story this year, the number two story in my mind this year, the out-of-county inmates in the jail, you've never been at this level before. And no. you've got some new, really good contracts between the ICE contract and the Marshall's contract. Yes, and, and uh, we were able to get those contracts, and, and the vision for those contracts is... You know, ICE pays a little over $62 a day. Marshals pay a little over $65 a day. And then when you've got, uh, you know, the other counties, surrounding counties, they're paying 30 to $35 a day. So, uh, you know, we can actually hold more inmates, make more money, or hold the same amount of inmates and make the same money. So those are really good contracts to uh, to be able to get. 
the marshal said, you know, when we first signed up with them, they wanted 50 beds. We gave them their 50 beds. We've had 51 marshals for a while now, but they're begging to put more in here, and I just don't have the room right now. So uh, I, I'm looking to have a really good year next year too. And one of the neat things about that with the marshals is that um, one of the reasons we've had so many out-of-county inmates is because of Orange County. Orange County and Hurricane Laura. Right. They had, they got hit by the hurricane. Their jail got um, damaged. And so they have had a lot of inmates here for a few months now. Yes. We initially sent us 128 inmates. We still today have 78 of them. And... Uh, but I really look for them, talking with them. Um, their time here is limited now. Um, their repairs are coming together down there, so right around the first of the year I look for them to be gone. And uh, But once they leave, then the marshals are ready to pick up those bed spaces. And the, That's marshals, even better. the marshals pay more. Yes. <laughs> that is amazing, the idea that we could make over a million dollars, 1.2 million is the estimate, uh, on out-of-county inmates is just incredible. Um, uh, it, and to my knowledge, uh, the jail has never gotten that close. I, I don't know exactly in the past years when I wasn't in the administration, but uh, when Ray was here and I was the jail administrator, um, we haven't gotten that close. And... Uh, the commissioners actually did tell us during when they were doing the budget for 2020, they actually budgeted and said the jail was going to make $800,000, and we were worried about that. Well, we've made 400000 more than that. So That's outstanding. That is outstanding. All right, number two, the jail's actually making a little money for the county now, yes. making a little money for taxpayers. And because of those, uh, those federal, those uh, other contracts, the ICE contract, the Marshall's contract, um, looks like moving forward, uh, at least through 2021, that that's going to remain with a, with a good population in yes. the jail. All right, so let's move on to story number three. Now, one of the things uh, you and I talked about before we turned on the, 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 the recording equipment was that this year has been a good year as far as you didn't have any of those crazy situations uh, crazy crime situations right. that sometimes grab headlines. Yes, uh, I know that um, in the past we've had years where I remember a crazy shootout in Malakoff. Yes, I remember you having to pull out the tank. Yes, uh, down south of Athens, um, and then you know there's always the the folks out in Trinidad. Yes. Um, not that everybody in Trinidad is bad. It was the, the Gray family. Right. Um, but we didn't have anything like that this year. No, we did not. We were, we were once again blessed. Yes. That, and that is a blessing to not have anything like that. So the top crime thing I want to talk about. Now, we always talk about drugs. Right. And we always talk about how important drugs are um, and your fight against that. And there have been some very big drug busts this year. But you have made a concerted effort in the end of 2020 to target game rooms. Yes, yes. And uh, I've said it time and time again, um, you know, they're just dangerous places for people to be. Uh, the criminal element there is there. There's always fugitives in there. There's always drug use in there. Sometimes they get robbed and they, it doesn't go reported. 
uh, knives get pulled, guns get pulled, and nobody calls law enforcement um, to let us know so we can take care of those things. And they're illegal establishments, but uh, we have, you know, running a game room and just the gambling offenses or misdemeanor offenses in the state of Texas. So they are tempted because of the amount of money they can make working or running those establishments. And that's why we tried to upgrade and have had some success um, taking them to the next level and running them as felonies for engaging in organized criminal activity. And uh, we've had some successful prosecution, and that's how we're trying to run it, all of them now. So hopefully, uh, instead of getting a fine and a slap on the hand for a misdemeanor offense, they're actually looking at penitentiary time. And uh, so we're hoping to be able to slow these establishments down and close them down for good. And one of the big things there is that the machines themselves are not illegal. Right. They've got, uh, I mean, they've got state comp- controller tags from the state on the machines. It's, it's all in how you pay out. And to be able to run them legally, uh, no one would play them because they wouldn't get anything. They right. I think there's a money. $5 limit. Last I last I really reported it's, on this and looked at it. It's five times the amount of the bet. So if if it's five cents and you win fifty cents, it's a violation of the law. Because you've won ten times the bet. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. As you said, then nobody's going to play at that level. Right. Um, so this is a very important thing, and I know that. And and when we've reported about this, and when we've talked about it on the podcast in the past. Um, it's really sparked some debate on yes. my pages and, and, and in the comment threads and everything else um, about, you know, hey, gambling's legal in a lot of different places. Why are you spending the time, like, doing this? And while gambling is illegal, um, and, and you don't want that to happen, it's actually the establishment itself exactly. and the environment that's the problem that you're looking at and, and not necessarily some folk coming out and, and doing a little gambling. Right. Whenever, uh, I mean, you look at Louisiana, of course, they've got uh, casinos and stuff that makes millions and millions of dollars every year. Um, but it's not legal in Texas, and you've got the criminal element running these establishments here. So that's already a bad start from the get-go. And then when you mix drugs and fugitives, you mix drugs and fugitives uh, in that setting and guns and weapons, it's just, it's dangerous. And that's really why we target them is they're dangerous and, uh, and we don't want them here. Absolutely. All right. So that's uh, top story number three, a little bit of a crackdown on game rooms. A reminder, hey, you did this couple of years ago, yes. um, and when you started filing the uh, uh, the felony charges, um, it shut things down for a good long time. It did. It, I mean, between almost a year, they shut down. And so they've been coming back, and so now I guess you got to go back and you got to do it again to remind them that you're still yes. here. All right, so that's top story number three for 2020, the sheriff's office Cracking down again on game rooms. Number four, we're going to go back to the jail for number four. I think this is one of those uh, stories that people don't really notice, right. but tends to be really important, and that's that uh, on-site 
medical personnel has gone to 24 hours this year. Yes, and and uh, we're really excited about that. Uh, we were coverage. Back in 2010, we signed a contract with Southern Health Partners, and they covered us 16 hours a day. Um, well, when the nurses weren't here, they were, they did have an on-call nurse, but a lot of times, I mean, we would call them on minor stuff and get their medical opinions, but a lot of most of the time, we were just taking inmates directly to the hospital, spending more tax, tax dollar money, and uh, so now with 24-hour medical service here that the commissioner's court approved for us this year, uh, those transports have really cut down and there's somebody here if there is a medical need there's somebody here where uh, the nurses can address that here at inside the facility and uh, be honest with you it's something that uh, we've needed for a while and I'm, I'm glad we finally were able to get the contract to go through court and uh, make it happen Again, this is one of those things that you go, oh, let's not get into the top stories, you know? All they did was get a nurse for another shift. Well, yeah, but it's one of those things that affects everything else. Yes. When you look down the line, when you look at, uh, now you're, you're having to take deputies and, and have them doing the transport to hospitals and, and that costs more money yes. for taxpayers than having the nurse here on staff. Yes, and then I mean, and you're taking you're taking a deputy away from the jail where they're assigned to work, so you may end up having to call somebody else in to work their assigned post while they're out at the hospital. I mean, it's just it all revolves back to the do, the the dollar, and uh, we're going to end up. I think it was an eighty eighty thousand dollar. Uh, increase, but we're going to end up saving money, spending the eighty thousand up front. Right. That's what. Yeah. Pay me now or pay me later. Yes, sir. And this is one of those things. Uh, and so the top story number four is one of those things that um, the, the we might not notice right. unless someone really holds it up and tells us this is important. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. Hey, folks, this is an important <laughs> one. The fact that the jail is now going to twenty four hour medical care is going to save money. Uh, for you and make life easier here at the jail and also provide better medical care for here the at the jail for the yes. inmate. So it's a good thing all the way around. All right, so the last story is actually the first story. <laughs> <laughs> We're saying number five uh, for this, but we know that is number one because it's the number one story of 2020 everywhere, and that is covid and uh, you have been dealing with this just like everybody else all year long. Um, and we thought at the beginning of the year, hopefully it would only be a couple of months, but it's been the entire year. Tell us a little bit about how you dealt with COVID. Yes, it's changed a lot uh, throughout the nation, throughout our state, throughout our county. Uh, but it's changed a lot here at the sheriff's office inside the jail. Uh, it's changed a lot how we've answered calls. Um, you know, we've got to do everything we can to protect the citizens, protect the inmates, to protect our, our deputies. And so we changed a lot of policies and procedures. As you can still tell, my uh, doors are still locked here at the sheriff's office. I've got one door that is, there's a deputy posted where you can come in and, and talk to the deputies, but uh, the state has closed down visitation for the inmates. 
and uh, they have not I figured by now they would have opened that up a little bit, but they have not, and I don't know when that's coming, which led to us getting another contract and doing video visitation. So the loved ones do have an option. Yes, it costs money, but they do have an option to be able to actually see their inmate via instead of just talking to them on the phone. But, uh, you know, we've had to, all of our maintenance crews, our work crews, you know, people, inmates used to go out and help the cities and help uh, the arboretum and help the uh, animal shelter and help the commissioners. All that stopped. And they're in here, and now they're cleaning the jail twice a day from top to bottom. We're having to take everybody's temperature, do a screening on everybody that enters the jail, whether it's an officer, inmate, attorney, whoever it is. And... Um, it's changed it's changed a whole lot back there um but and you know i've had multiple officers that ended up uh positive for covid in the jail i've had deputies that ended up positive for covid you know that changed the way we uh were able to respond to calls you know i started running basically on half staff it, did, it was a good learning lesson. It did teach me that we could run on half staff. We've changed the court system dramatically. Now we're doing, and I think this is really sometimes, so this is actually for the better, but we're doing court via Zoom now, so the inmate doesn't have to necessarily leave the jail and go to the courthouse. We can keep the inmate here. They can Zoom in and, and, and have their hearing and talk to their attorney, their attorneys. We've got another different room so they can do Zoom and meet with their attorneys. Uh, in the jail uh, whenever the attorney likes I mean we, we can set those visits up 24 hours a day so it's made us use technology for the better uh, which is going to help us in the future and uh, but my number one success I honestly believe is yes we've had a case with an inmate that was my fear all along was if an inmate got it and it basically went through rampant in the jail and we, we have had a positive case, but we've had one positive case. It's still that way today, and we hope to keep it that way. And that's only been this month. Yes, this this month. You made it all the way to December. They actually come off of quarantine Friday on Christmas Day. So, um, One of the things that you and I have talked about throughout the year with uh, COVID was you actually had to change at one point in the year. You had... Um, deputies who you were reserving at home yes um, and not letting come to the sheriff's office in case you had a little outbreak at the sheriff's office and, and it happened it did it did and we uh, actually we did that until the beginning of November and you know I had I lost the entire shift on the jail. I lost 18 officers because of first-hand contact and some positives. And I didn't really have anybody to replace them with, so the other day shift basically stepped up and took their place, and they worked the 14 days straight. And 14 days on 12-hour shifts inside that setting is uh, unbelievably stressful. It's stressful enough your regular work shift. But they did it. They didn't complain, and I, I appreciate the job that they did. But that taught me I'm going to have to take people and have them in reserve. And luckily, I was able to promote from the jail to deputies. So my deputies are certified jailers, so I sent the deputies home in case 
a patrol shift got sick, I'd have a, a fresh crew that wasn't sick to come out and respond. Or if the jailers got sick, I could use the deputies in the jail and uh they would have to cover a shift back in the jail and we did that for months and months like we stopped we stopped that uh, at the beginning of november and uh i hope we don't have to do that again but i mean who knows so one of the things that's going on now is the vaccine is coming in and i know there's been uh there's vaccine this week that came into henderson county are are the is the sheriff's office in line for any kind of vaccinations? I haven't heard of any right now. Uh, of course, and I haven't actually seen the schedule that the governor put out. Um, but and I haven't heard any chatter through the sheriff's association of where we stand on the ladder yet. So I don't I don't know. It's still really fresh. Yeah, you know? and, and it is. It absolutely is. I've been following that thing, and one of the reasons I'm asking is because it hasn't been clear to me. I mean, I can see the. I can see the doses, but I have no idea who's going to get them or what the breakdown is, how they're going to get them or what order they're going to get them. I don't really know how. I I haven't been able to find that kind of um, information. And it sounds like even you at this point haven't had that information at your level, which is kind of frightening. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Another thing that we were able to do that I feel really lucky here that involves COVID, too, there was... uh, when we had our first positive test uh, or confirmed inmate here in the county jail, um, you know, the time lapse of when you take them to the hospital to get them tested and the actually getting the confirmation, you know, that took us uh, five days. In a jail setting, in any setting, that's ridiculous in my mind, but that's how the system's set up. Um, so I started reaching out and seeing what other counties were doing, and I actually reached out to the emergency uh, service district and uh, for the state of Texas and asked for some rapid tests, and they said, you know, you can put in a request. There's been several counties put in a request and several counties denied. There's been very few that were actually uh, approved. And we put in our request, and the next day we received 500 test kits so we can test our first responders and our inmates here at the county jail with my nursing staff now and get a get a 15-minute response. Outstanding. Which is, which is great, and we're one of the very few counties that can are able to do that. Well, and that's, that's great news, and, and the ability, because the faster you can get that, the faster you can quarantine yes. an individual and get them off, because I know you have specific quarantine facilities back there that you can use all right well there you go folks there's our top five stories of the year number one the new communication system you're going to keep on hearing about this uh and i think you're probably going to hear about it all through 2021 as the different entities kind of um fold in and get pulled into the new communication system uh, I know that uh, the county judge and uh, some of your personnel were at the Athens City Council meeting uh, a few weeks ago discussing uh, radios with the Athens City Council. Yes, sir. <laughs> and that's going to be something that happens all through 2021. But the uh, the new communication system, number one, the new contracts in the jail, $1.2 million yes, brought sir. in by your Sheriff's office this year just through the jail. Pretty exciting. Game room crackdown the end of this year. 
uh, probably going to go in through the beginning of the year or two is that if if I have oh, any yes, sense of that uh, medical personnel in the back 24 hours now uh, combine that with some uh, uh, rapid test for COVID and we start to see how important these things are and then of course the response to COVID um, hopefully that's something I know that I, I think that even in best case scenario, it's something we're going to be talking about for the first six months of 2021. Yes, sir. So, Sheriff, thank you for another great year on the podcast. Well, thank you for coming in and doing these. Um, and we will look forward to seeing you. We're not going to be here next week, folks, but we will be back the week after the first full week of January to talk to the Sheriff and find out what's happening in your Sheriff's office. Thank you. Have a Merry Christmas to everybody and Merry Christmas to you, Mike. Merry Christmas.